0: And welcome to this special episode of Dear Jane. I'm your host, Scott Baker, and we are joined today by a couple of my friends just fresh back from the March for Life in Washington, D.C. We've got Marcy Little and Sean Robinson, and we were uh, just out in D.C. for the March, and we had an opportunity to talk to uh, a lot of people, get a lot of different uh, insights and opinions, and I, I just, before we got into those, I wanted to visit with you guys to get your take, what you thought, that sort of thing. Uh Marcy, you've been this is like you've been to the march multiple times, right?
1: Yeah. This was probably my sixth or seventh March.
0: Okay. And Sean, was this your first? Yes, this is my first. All right. So let's let's start with you. What were you what were you expecting when you uh before you got there? What 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 do you think it was gonna be like?
2: Honestly. I expected just a lot of people, you know, coming together like-mindedness of just the mission of just saving children, saving babies. So I didn't expect uh, any negativity. Although I will say there was a slight thought of possible counter-protesters, just because that's the way the news portrays it all the time. You know, whenever we have an event like this, there's always, you know, the anti-people there. So, but... Other than that, I expected people to come together and, you know, be there to fight for the cause. What do you expect uh, in terms of age and that
0: kind of thing? Just, just general demographics of, of the participants.
2: You know, I will be honest. I came in this pretty open-minded. So I didn't have too many preconceived notions of the amount of people, the age, anything like that. Although I will say I didn't expect it to be that many people, you know, I've seen shots of it and, but the sheer number, especially for the weather conditions, it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Marcy, what's interesting about that is there were a lot of people, right. But numbers were probably down because of the snow.
1: It felt, you know, it's hard to get a bird's eye view when you're on the ground marching. It felt like a smaller March to me. Um, And like, I don't know if that was because of the weather or for other factors, but I still was impressed by just the sheer magnitude of people who are showing up to march and take that stand for life.
0: To Sean's point about uh, counter-protesters, now this was my second march. Mm -hmm. Last year, my first march, there were counter-protesters. You had some midway, some brave souls that were shouting stupid things, and then at the end... um, didn't see that this time at all did we
1: no it must have it wasn't too cold for us but it was too cold for the, <laughs> the counter protesters to be there they don't they don't protest in the snow i guess
0: yeah their, their the convictions got right so right to to complain
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's exactly that's exactly right um so what did you i mean what what, what did you think marcy in terms of Um, It's always good, a good cross-section in terms of young people, older people, that sort of thing. I mean, anything that was unique or that stuck out to you about this year's March?
1: I'm just always struck by the joy of the people there. You know, there's so much energy and um, I think just joy that characterizes our movement that is encouraging to see because there's so much it's a it's a a heavy, sad, heartbreaking topic, and to see that so many people are motivated by um, wanting to celebrate and save lives, and that we can do it with so much joy and compassion. um, I'm also always struck by the diversity of the people there, young, old, different races. Um, all there, even when there's packed snow on the ground and mm-hmm. I saw a few people slip and fall and get back up and smile and um there's just a, a dedication and an energy on our side.
0: Well, and you know, I think the thing that needs to be pointed out is that it's not just the actual march. I heard somebody refer to this as the pro life Super Bowl because mm-hmm. there are so many different things going on around the march right i mean there are just i mean in the days leading up to it uh there are just so many people you run into i mean it, it's almost like a family reunion in many ways but um i mean there are just they're meeting so some of the interviews that people are going to see were down in the expo uh of the hotel where a lot of folks stayed but then of course uh, we made our way out to the march and uh Sean and Marcy, we just went around and, and we just asked people if they would talk to us. It's always interesting. Um, to me, the most compelling stories are the ones who have firsthand experience with abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there were a lot of people out there like me and like us who, who, you know, we have our opinions and strong feelings and that sort of thing. But there'll be a couple of people who we'll hear from today who have had very personal experience with that. Uh, that is just always very, very compelling when you hear those kinds of stories.
1: They're the ones who have experienced it and been impacted by it. And I always think they're so courageous to be willing to share to share their stories um, in the hopes mm-hmm. of influencing and impacting other people and, and saving lives.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Sean, so for the March next year, uh, if, you're, if somebody's thinking about going, how would you describe it for them? Here's here's what you can expect from your friend, Sean Robinson.
2: Let's see. Here's what you could expect going to the march. You could expect uh, a warm embrace from everybody around you. There were so many, like, kind people who were willing to help out, you know, step aside to, you know, because it was snow everywhere. there was mud some places. People were willing to help, uh, you know, strangers, because we're all there for the same reason. So you could expect a warm embrace going to that March.
0: All right. Thanks guys. Now let's hear from some of the folks who are at the March for life this year, in 2024. So have you been in the March for life
3: before? Uh, nope. My first time. Why, what brought you out way back when, a long time ago, um, in a different life. Uh, I had, I was dating a woman that actually had two abortions, uh, without consulting with me at all. And, um, um, I've kind of never lost that. Yeah. And, uh, and now being involved with Julian and, and Life Matters Training Center has really gotten me thinking about that.
0: How many times have you been out here for the March for Life?
4: Uh, about 20. 20? Yep.
0: <clears throat> how, how have they changed over the 20 years?
4: Um, well, uh, I, I personally haven't seen a ton of change.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, but I'm not quick to notice change. Okay, and so I would just say that they've gotten a little smaller, which I don't like that at all, because I believe that that all pro-lifers should actually be here because here's the thing. This this actually fires you up and gets you more passionate when you go back home, no matter what state you're in. Sure, some states say that they don't have abortions anymore, but that is not true because where where, you know, you can order abortion pills in the mail and there's there's still a heart that is pro, unfortunately, pro-death and not pro-life. And that's that's what we have in America. It's a culture of death. And so we've been talking about it for years, but that's really what we have. So even though yes, we've we've ended abortion in some states, there's not an end to abortion. We need to change hearts and minds. And so we pro lifers we need to show up here at the March in DC and just get together with each other, share ideas. It's it's the best place. A lot of people say it's so cold. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? It, babies are dying in cold places, warm places, and we just all it's just up the place to be. Washington D C every year last or whatever Friday in January and that we always have it.
0: So I'm sorry, have you been here before or is this your first one? This
4: is my first time.
0: First one. Yeah. How does it feel to be around so many people that share your values and, and sort of like-minded?
5: Oh, it feels empowering, uh, definitely. But it's also um, so important to know um, the questions, to know like you know the questions that come up and the concerns um, that come up when it comes to supporting life, and the, the reasons why people choose to like be ex- hesitant, and to know um, to be able to think about concrete answers that would come up um, that w- that you-, you would come up with when you come into that situation, and to also see that there's a lot of organizations that are working also on the same part, and so it's not it's not just a helpless situation. You get much
0: snow in Palau. Not at all. So, how do you like this weather?
6: I don't love it. Okay. So, <laughs> I love babies more.
0: So, so, what makes you so passionate about the issue that you would come out in weather like this?
6: Well, the unborn. They are the most vulnerable of all of us and they are made in the image of God. So, I'm here to uh, keep and help support them.
0: You've been pro-life your whole life? Definitely, yes, yes. So how do you um, talk to people your age about this issue? I mean, what's a good way for us to reach Generation Z and and help them understand the importance of protecting life?
5: Yeah, I think it's um, just important to be compassionate, but also to love with truth. Um, The truth is that we are created in the image of God and
4: that destroying life at any stage is wrong. It's my first March for Life, I've known about it for a long time, but this is my first time actually being So what motivated
0: you to finally come out?
4: Um, I think that the way that everything is changing in the States is really sad, just to see the way that the abortion movement is going down there, and so I think it's more important now, even though Roe has been overturned, to come
7: to the March for Life and show everyone what it's about. I have been pro-life as long as I can remember, but when I myself faced an unplanned pregnancy when I was not uh, married. I got that pregnancy test and I freaked. You have no idea the level of terror that you feel when you realize you've got a whole ton of student loans that you have to pay back, you have no prospects, you have no family, you have nothing, and you just found out that you're pregnant, you have no idea the level of terror that is. I personally think that People who can't speak for themselves should be defended and if no one else can do it then I feel like why shouldn't we, especially for us, as we're Christian, so we very much place a high value on the life of the unborn, like even for younger children, just people who don't have a voice for themselves, we want to represent them.
4: Just knowing that it's wrong and knowing that people don't care that it's wrong and that they're still doing it anyways. Yeah. And that just spreading the message that we are here and we can help.
0: Right. So, so you're gonna get out there today, it's gonna be super cold. Yes, right? yes. What is it you're gonna think of, oh, I gotta keep going, this is why I gotta do this.
5: Genuinely, like actually just the babies. Like, Like that sounds so stereotypical, but like it's what we're marching for. And like, just the thought of like, like someone just so innocent and like young, just like, not even given an opportunity to live and just being like killed before they get the chance to like experience life, experience what God created for them. Like that just upsets my heart and like makes me so genuinely sad. So like marching for them and like hoping that it'll get through someone's head, even if it's like 10 people, that's 10 people that weren't right. like pro-life before.
3: If, if I had if I had known up front before the abortions happened, um, I would have done everything I could to change her mind. Uh, I have always wanted children so I should have 3 children instead of 1. And and that's something that I, you know, that's part of me. That's part of who I am now. For every woman that has that has endured an abortion, there was a man that endured that abortion as well. And 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 you know, that gets lost in the in the narrative.
4: I mean, honestly, as far as as far as Christian men, Catholic men go, um, they they really need to be here because it, trying to convince people who don't know God that they need to be here is, is, is a difficult thing. But convincing men that, that they are a part of human life and, and proliferating human life and being the protectors and providers that they're called to be, it shouldn't be a hard sale when it comes to men who love God. It's not a women's issue, for me it's a moral issue, for me it's
6: a uh, following our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, but we all know that regardless of what your background is, that the unborn is a human life inside a womb and that we need to band together to make sure
4: that they are protected. I think showing that it's more than, it's not like a political issue, it's a really moral issue, it's about human life, it's about like dignity and just what just protecting like you know the most innocent and the unborn it's not something that's like oh this is political we're going to go over here and it's about protecting the bodies and women's rights like it's not that it's about protecting life in general.
0: So did you have any any kind of support system at the time?
7: I did not I didn't feel like I did I mean of course I did I could have reached out you know to um to a pro-life group I could have reached out to I was actually in church um, but my very first thought, even though I had been pro-life for years and years and years and years, when I was in that situation, my very first thought was, should I just get an abortion? And I am ashamed to admit that. The Lord's grace is good that He was has forgiven me for that. And um, so I went to my boyfriend and I said, should I get an abortion? He said, no, we'll get married. Well, praise God. By the grace of God, 25 years married this year. There you go. My daughter is, our daughter is... Gorgeous and hardworking and beautiful and married and just and a year later we had a little boy so we have had just it works out you know that you can move on from those moments of terror.
5: Uh, I think it's important to see um, other people who are fighting on your side so you don't feel helpless. I think it's also important to um, be able to face those questions that come up um, for that people and to also see like different ways you can can partner um, with other people so I would say yeah it's empowering and to just also for you, for also for yourself to be able to have that clarity for yourself and to be able to stand and walk um, with these people and to be there for them. Right? So I think yeah, it's important for those reasons.
2: Well, it's a human being. Life begins at conception. It's a scientific fact, and by definition, abortion is the innocent taking of a human life. So therefore, murder, and murder is obviously never okay. That's why it's illegal. Um, And so when our country has decided to just overlook this grave invasion of human rights, it's inconceivable to me that we live in a country that promotes that all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we still kill the most innocent of us while they're still in the womb. The younger
1: generation wants the truth. They don't want it watered down. They want the truth right from God. If they kill the baby, they've killed not only has the mother been wounded, she gets wounded again because she's killed another life and has that for the rest of her life to live with. I think just, again, loving with truth. The truth, just to keep telling what the
5: truth is, and that is that abortion at any stage is murder of a baby, um, and that we value life. We value life at every stage, no matter how small, um, that you're created in the image of God. Um, And I think that the truth will prevail. yeah, and I believe the Lord is working.
7: If it was my body, it would be affecting me personally. I'm not the one dying, though. If I have an abortion, it's not my life being taken, it's someone else's life. And I feel like being having the um, ability to create life within you is such a special right that I feel like we should you know, cherish. Yeah, and
4: like she said, like last time I checked, we don't have two heartbeats, we don't have like four hands and four feet. Um, just because we're carrying it, the baby's body is a separate it's whole nother body. And so it's just so special that we as women are able to carry that and help produce life and you know, they're talking about in you know, hurting our freedoms. I think it's like amazing. This is where we can link
6: arms and be in solidarity. Um, regardless of what your background is as long as you believe that the unborn is our most vulnerable and that we must protect and support the
4: women who are faced uh, in that crisis that they believe they're a crisis I just started with a passion that that was placed in my heart by God when I was about 28 and once I saw an abortion video at um, called the eclipse of reason about second trimester abortions There was no turning back. And then what also sealed it for me was hearing the um, Silent No More testimonies from the Supreme Court at the March for Life, the first one I ever went to. Hearing about the pain and destruction that not only the baby obviously is destroyed, but the mother and the father, the pain that they go through is so real and raw when you hear those testimonies.
3: Let it out. Don't be silent. If you have something to say that's worth saying, say it.
6: Just lean in on unity. Just be together. Together, we have numbers that are unsurmountable compared to the opposition, and we can do this. I love
4: women, and I care about them. But it's loving the women to spread the truth and let her know what she is actually doing. Well, there's something everyone can do something. Um, So we, even at our ministry, we have we have a one hour a week where people stand outside with the signs. So I have my my three year old does it. My kids do it, and then I give them a hot cocoa after. So, you know, get them, get them started at a young age. Like, that's kind of for all ages. I mean, you could support them with prayer and finances, financial resources. All these organizations need financial help. You can you could support a missionary that does pro-life work. So there's something you can have conversations with people. Wear pro-life T-shirts or, or bracelets or just whatever. Just be out there and with the, with the message.
0: My thanks to everyone who took time to stop and talk with us and share their stories. Hopefully, you got a sense of the diversity in the crowd. I'm always touched by the stories there. There are so many people at the march who have been touched by abortion, and that's what makes them so passionately pro-life. And that should tell you all you need to know about abortion. Don't forget to subscribe so more people can be made aware of our pro-life podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, YouTube, You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Scott Baker. Thanks for listening to Dear Jane.